0: Hey there, everyone. Christian Wynn here, director of Storyfort. And you're listening to Storyfort Presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March and we're here to tell you about all things TreeFort. Though, of course, you know this year is not happening in March. It is happening in September. But in 2022, TreeFort Music Fest will be happening back in March, third week of March, so we're super excited about the two festivals being so close together. But hey, today we have an awesome musician and Freak Out Records all-star, Shayna Shepard. And let me tell you a little bit about her and we'll get into you know what her music's all about and the new stuff she's been making during the pandemic in a second. But Shayna Shepard is known for her pervasive style as front woman of the soul grunge band Bear Axe. Shana Shepard's notable vocal stylings have brought her into various creative spaces, from sharing stages with rock stars like Dave Matthews and Thunder Pussy, to being a soloist with a classical ensemble around the country. So, that said, yeah, I guess Larry and I, we really enjoyed this awesome conversation. Shana sat down with a glass of wine via Zoom and we just talked for a long time, so there's a lot to get to with her music and her life and just so much art that she's been making right now. This is Freakout February and we've really been enjoying all these showcases of Freakout Records All-Stars. So we want to thank Shana for coming on with us, but let's just get to it. Larry and I bring it.
1: Greetings, tree-forders and story-forders and all the ships at sea. We are on week four of the Freak Out, February. We have interviewed wild men of rock and roll, but so far, no one has shown up with a glass of wine until today. <laughs> Our guest today is Shayna Shepard, who is really carving out a really interesting career and really, I feel like, taking the local scene by storm and, and like hooking up with some big names along the way. So Welcome Shana. Thank or,
2: you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
1: And thank you for getting all gussied up and making an awesome background. I can see that you just create art, don't you?
2: It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. How lucky am I that I get to like do this, <laughs> you know? So why wouldn't I do it as much as I can?
1: <laughs> True story. So, So what we're going to do today is we're going to play some songs, but we're going to talk in between the songs. And, yeah. you know, and before we get into the songs, which we have curated very carefully to create a nice <laughs> conversation, <process, laughs> I did wanna dig back into your biography because you know, really you can't find a ton online about where you're from and how you evolved. Uh, what I can find is that you are classically trained, but you had an injury at some point Oh, the digging, Larry, yeah. the
2: digging, i living.
1: <laughs> it's job. And I know that you mentioned before that you're from New York, which I did not find online. Damn it. But,
0: <laughs> it's out there, I saw that.
1: But it was a vocal,
0: it. a vocal injury. So yeah, I mean, but you're also a, like a teacher and somebody who helped rehabilitate injuries yeah. with that instrument.
1: Along the lines was just your introduction to music. You know, we're going to talk a lot later about the evolution of what you've been doing. But for now, you know, tell us what was the first music and tell us a little bit about that injury and if, was there a silver lining to that that made it possible for you to explore all kinds of things?
3: Oh,
2: absolutely. Wow, that was so, every time I think about, it's a sensitive topic for me, The that injury, because it was probably... I've always looked at it as the most challenging time of my life was that whole time period. And it's kind of, that's really the reason. That kind of came out because I was having a conversation with somebody who had an injury themselves and I was kind of just trying to uplift them. And then people were like, oh, we ran with it. It was like headlines. I'm like, oh, wow, we we're we have, we're doing it? Like, you know, but the reality of it is when I was uh, growing up, I was very, um, sheltered when it came to a musical experience and um i was very came from religious home uh, and then my exposure to voice was really only in you know the fine arts as it were not really in modern music at all at all so i went and i wanted to be the best Um, i wanted to prove something and i uh threw everything i had my heart and soul into classical voice and classical training and I just really I'm just being super honest with you because it's a challenging question yeah I mean at this point in my life I feel like the lessons that I learned in that environment um have taught me more about how to protect myself and protect my energy honestly moreover like you know I'm a rock I'm a rock and roll kind of a girl at the end of the day I'm just I just am you know I'm a jazz cat. I love making uh, mistakes, and I love the kind of art that explores, like uh, texture, you know. And you know, even though I did hurt myself and took years to recover and spent a lot of money trying to get back to where I was as a singer, I I finally accepted that I just will never sound like that person anymore. And that has been this great lesson for me about how I can grow and, and evolve throughout my entire life. You know what I mean? And um, my voice is going to keep on changing. You know, I love to, to teach people how to just feel their body. You know, I'm not trying to you know, and, change anybody.
1: And how is it different now? I can only imagine that that world, the world of being a classically trained vocalist is extremely high pressure and mm-hmm. the margin for error is minuscule. And now you're in a world that's way more improvisational and free form. And you, like you said, you like mistakes. How did it yeah. feel? Was it hard to embrace that when you, to make that, that transition?
2: Oh gosh. I just like threw myself into that. I think I was thrown into that idea because the perfectionist uh, in me, I just, I was having this really great conversation <laughs> with my mom the other day about like, well, when you were a kid, you know, I think that like when I was growing up. I always wanted to be a little bit rebellious, like just being in these very, constri- Like y'all don't even know. The environments that I grew up in were very constricted. Like it was super hard for anybody like me in my environment to figure out who they are and to get to know themselves in a real way. So I really honestly like felt like I didn't achieve like even a real sense of like self until adulthood. And I know that sounds like very weird for, for a lot of people, like, oh, my God, or extra. <sighs> but for me, I really felt like when I became a grown up and I like was like 19, 20 and had some very
1: crazy adult experiences, I just like woke up, you know. But So, so you got to discover all this stuff pretty late in life. Like you're, you, you're a rock and roll girl. When did you discover rock and roll?
2: I didn't. Oh, when I moved here. When wow. Moved here.
1: Five years ago?
0: here is seattle so yeah
2: yeah basically i mean honestly i i found the bleach record really late really really late i think i was how old was i I was 20 years old or 20. no no i was 21. i was 21 and i heard it at like in a bar like when i first started like going out or whatever legally and like i was like oh fuck, that's so cool this guy's voice is great you know what i mean like this is cool and i was just obsessed with analyzing the because that's what i was doing like i was always just analyzing voices because of my background in music. How I started was just like achieve perfection by studying, study, study, mm-hmm. study, you know? Um, and then when I found the grunge movement, I found rock and roll, Alice in Chains, and I, I found some, I mean, it was rock and roll. Really, it was Betty Davis who did it for me. And just like, I'm like, this is art form. This is art form and the manipulation of these tones. That it was rock that brought me to the blues, honestly. And that's brought me to jazz and it landed me in like a neo soul kind of area that I'm in right now. And it was like, it just, if this felt my whole life since that moment, or that point has felt like this crazy, uh, creative locomotive, honestly. Cause I feel like I just, but when I say like I woke up, like I'm telling you, like I really have really found a lot of different types of music really quickly over the past couple of years. Just, for, I don't know why, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, think, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, rock and roll was right here. I wanted to move here because of that I like found a band on uh, audition for a band that I found based on uh, what was that? What's that thing we used to do? Craigslist, Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, there is Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> right. and I was like, I want to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that is crazy. So in a, in a way, this isn't going to sound right. It almost seems like it's a relief for you to be able to sort of break free from those boundaries and the things you do now are so. Riddled with emotion, and the classical music is sort of bloodless in that, in a way. It's it's not very emotional. Oh gosh,
2: I have to disagree. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends. It really. It, well, we're look. Well, what come on? Remo- okay, romantic era. I live. Poulenc, Chow, you know, Clara. <laughs> like they have. They were slant. You know, they. That's really what I actually listen to pretty often. Now, I love oratorios. I love Britain. I love like, um, what is that song? Oh my gosh. Uh, One day, I don't even wanna tell you because somebody's gonna steal my idea. But I have a really good idea for this oratorio that I'm not person, person, personal child. Really, really good idea for that. But I grew up, I mean, so I'm a a church girl. I grew up as a church girl. Mm -hmm. So I was watching choirs singing, Mm -hmm. you know, like stacked harmonies, multiple, I didn't understand the theory behind what I was around, but that was basically very incredibly formative to everything about me as a person. Was walk, being a part of the gospel choir experience.
1: I guess it's it's inarguable that that is very moving. What do you mean, church choir? No, <laughs> you cannot church choir move. Music is moving. Oh yeah, it's moving. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: it's designed to. It's designed to like make you feel connected energy through mu- the magic of music. I mean, it's really, whether you're religious or not, I mean, you got to give it up for them. Hey, child, they're getting it.
1: <laughs> that is true. Since we're talking about celebratory music now, this yeah. is a good segue into the first song we wanted to play. We wanted to play Harambe. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of this song and, and what it means.
2: This song was just kind of like a random idea, honestly. <laughs> wow. My friend... Uh, Kozel, who's in a band uh, called Beverly Crusher, he's just been like posting stuff on social media, and he decided to put together a artist collaboration of everybody do write original Christmas songs or whatever. At that point, that was just what was that? That was only the end of November, and I had it on my list that I wanted to participate, but I was so depressed right then. I was so so depressed like I was like kind of scared like it was like it was back depressed you know what I'm saying because we went through this already in the quarantine experience I just had it on my list until like the last day and something just got me to just oh yeah I talked to my sister she uh called me we had a great conversation and I just messaged Kozel and was like dude can I just write this song and just can I just send you this song late basically I'm sorry I'm late and he's like, Yeah, if you get it to me by this time, and I was like, Cool. So I just wrote that whole song in a day. That was just like I sat down and I wanted to write a song today. Wow. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, so who who is on this like the song with you? Is this not just you as far as I could tell? And like the like, It's just me and the
2: microphone. It's just oh me and the God.
0: microphone. So and it's all me
2: acapella. Me. Yeah, it's all acapella. Just me and the microphone. And it's my first rhythm. time making anything, honestly, producing, self-producing.
3: Right. So it's just on
2: garage. It was on garage band. And I hate hated the way it sounded because I'm used to I'm very spoiled now and I get to work with amazing people, amazing producers and engineers that do like amazing shit. And now it's just little old me Dick and Dick and And I'm like, why can't I sound the way I want to sound? But it kind of inspired the song itself, you know, I was playing with, like, just the sounds of my voice that I hated, basically, and um, just tried to build a new texture that I'd never built before. And the song Harambe, I should say, I mean, I was it's all inspired by my sister, my muse, for the song of my sister, Constance, who uh, she and I celebrate Kwanzaa. We just started together. And... Every layer of the song is a day of Kwanzaa. So Kwanzaa, we are in right now, it's just the week after uh, Christmas and there are seven principles in Kwanzaa and seven days of reflection and celebration of these principles. So every um, line in the song that's layered on top of each other represents a principle I wanted every line to sound like the principle themselves like Chagalia, self-determination i was like how can i write like a little line that feels self-determined you know mm-hmm. and then they interweave and um i honestly i just got like inspired maybe it was the holy ghost i don't know but then i just started singing the chorus i guess and just felt really it felt like a really cathartic and beautiful amazing music experience that i will just cherish forever and i that's why even in its imperfection i just was happy to put it out so i honestly think it was like the
0: most real thing i've ever made in my life
2: <laughs> and hopefully that's just going to keep going you know i hope
0: yeah as far as my own meager research shows as it means in swahili like all put together so
1: you put I'll it all together, together
0: apparently so i come together so like yeah so should we listen
1: to the song? you it a spin,
4: yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She
4: took a little cringe money. She took a gumba to tomba, ew. gumba 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 gumba
3: The,
1: uh, that was fantastic. It's an engineering feat for your first time, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been told I get a little too ambitious sometimes. <laughs> but it's great. to <laughs> but- but it's great that you'll go after it, you know, that you won't feel daunted and you'll just say, I'm gonna give it a shot and see how it goes.
2: Yeah, just give it a shot, it's the so journey. You,
1: <laughs> you had said, uh, I wrote this down, that you had met amazing people uh, during the course of your journey so far. And I thought that was a great way to jump off and talk about the show you just played with Kim Thiel, or it was just one song, uh, the Alice in Chains tribute. How did that come about?
2: Oh, my gosh. Kim is amazing. Well, <laughs> it happened because um, I did the Smash show last year with Kim. We did, like, oh. the Neil Young um, thing. and um, But we didn't actually, like, play together. But I just was like, oh, dude, that's Kim Thayle backstage. And I was like, oh,
3: man, should I try to talk to him? You know,
2: I'm scared. You know, he looks really cool, though. So he always seems really cool. You know? So I was just like, Hi, I'm Shayna. And he was so great. We just like joked and laughed and everything. And um then when when they were doing this, uh when Mopop did the Allison Trains tribute, uh he told me that Greta um just was like, Hey, can you should get Shana do this? And he was like, Okay, cool. So he just called me. It's really not that literally he just called me, but not, <laughs> it's
3: not
1: Well I it's I funny. Can't, <laughs> listening to listening to Bear Axe, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about Bear Axe because we're going to play mm-hmm. a Bear Axe song next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some of these old grunge guys, you just must be the shiny new toy because no one else can sing these songs.
2: I you hope know? so. You know why? Because I studied the fuck out of them. They yeah. were my friends, okay? <laughs> like, I'm an intense person. What can I say? That's
0: interesting. Yeah, who are we gonna <laughs> I mean, like, we obviously... Sadly, I've lost many of them, um, yeah, years. but like Chris Cornell or, Chris
3: Cornell.
0: you know, sort of Lane Staley or right, 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 you know, sort of,
2: I love this, I no, guess, tell me, everybody, you know,
0: Kurt, you know, <laughs> Cobain, yep. you know sort of all that. I mean, who are, Use that heart who, on that
2: list and who's, we're good to go.
0: Who's your like vocal crush, I guess, in that era? Oh my gosh, Chris Cornell.
2: I mean, Chris Cornell. I was actually a big axel person too. And, um, oh my gosh, I mean,
3: oh gosh.
2: Ann and Nancy Wilson, though. Oh, yeah. They just blow my mind. I mean, honestly, it was, I think it was Alone that I, I heard the song Alone at karaoke in bed when I was 21 years old. And I didn't have a place to sleep 21 years old. It was a hard time.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that song, just somebody was singing at karaoke and I was just like, that t- touched me right there. And I just started, it was like the beginning. I know it's like cheesy or whatever, a lot of people, but for me, that song, I'm like, a, I'm like, thank you to that song. And it really brought me into the Seattle way of thinking about music and Seattle culture of music. And the songwriting here is just, feel, it, you know, historically is just so special. I feel like compared to other places, like for me, I think that Chris Cornell, I can't say I'm scared. I mean, I'm just huge fans. Lane Staley and Chris Cornell. They were so abstract in the ideas that they approached with their vocals. You know, it was just, it's all very, very sensory driven stories. And like, because it's so sensory driven, you have the ability to just go some dark ass, emotional, emotional places, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. And their vocal approach matches that. You know, like yeah. they're, you know, and that's really what, it's super inspiring to me. Would you throw
0: Eddie Vedder in there or is he? he was oh, for club? sure. I'm scared though. Cause I don't like, cause I could
2: might, maybe might be able to meet him one day. So I'm not gonna
1: him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even beyond that, I think just being able to perform the vocal gymnastics that they performed. I don't know if anyone can do that besides you. Anyone around, I don't, I'm not in Seattle so I don't know who else is there. But it's,
2: I, I haven't seen it yet, honestly, but who, I mean, it's, it's so crazy, right? It's like extra, it's extra, <laughs> you know, the way, I mean, it's just, I have a lot of classical technique uh, that I use to do that. And I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I came up with like jazz um, influences and like the Diana Washington record with Clinton on it, a trumpet. What is his name? I can't recall right now but I used to listen to that record. I still listen to that record pretty often. And I think that when I learned about voice, I learned that the body is like a resonator. And I learned about that those concepts really early and really got really uh, basically obsessed with like the, the mechanics of the human voice. And the human voice is so much like a trumpet. And I just have always thought about things like that. And I think maybe that's why it's so all, I, I don't know, maybe I'm apologizing for being the way that I am. I'm just saying that musically mm-hmm. I definitely think I'm a little different than a lot of people I create with. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: And it's just because I'm like soloing on everything and it's like very ostentatious, but it makes
1: me yeah. happy. You're reaching <laughs> the same conclusions Chris Cornell reached sonically, but he just sort of stumbled into it. He didn't know what he was doing. He just happened to do that stuff. <laughs> the
2: product of social media baby. but you know right it's a whole new world now. Every this all knowledge right at our fingertips. Yeah. i'm like i like that i want to do that
0: you can it's a
2: youtube video
0: <laughs> you also need to like just have a lot of talent as well and like dedication to it so you can't no, I, I, mean, I, I mean i couldn't
1: do that so i mean so, no i couldn't do it
0: i could let's know i can learn about it but i could
1: yeah let's talk about barracks yes so uh tell us how that all started and clearly by now you were on a collision course with rock and roll the, the, yeah, I was that you, on the way. <laughs> and, and you were motivated.
2: <laughs> close, close, rock roll. I like that. <laughs> and
1: I can't believe there's
2: something that title. Right? I mean, should we just write it right now? <laughs> so
1: now? How did you hook up with those guys? Was it right? Was it after you got here or before you got?
2: Here? No, it was. It was when I got here. Basically, I mean, so when I I moved here, I was struggling for a little bit. Got a job got an apartment, was like, I'm ready to do my, follow my little dream here and be in a project, a music project. And so I found a Craigslist ad looking for a singer for this, like, basically this, like, casino band vibe or whatever. Anyway, I met Matt at the gig. Matt is the guitarist in Bear Axe. We were both on the same thing, like, finding gigs, like, on Craigslist. and. I was like he's killing it he, he's he's shredding you know and he was yeah. like saw me and we like were in the parking lot and I was like smoking a cigarette and I was like we had the sup moment you know just like the sup I see you you know he's like hey, amen so like do you want to like hang out with me and my friends we were like practicing you know in warehouse and I was like okay cool I brought my best friend Jessica with me to be safe in tequila all the way in tequila y'all I was like that's okay. dangerous
0: I Tequila. yeah <laughs>
2: at night and we show up to a actual uh furniture warehouse
3: they weren't kidding. and have
2: and they were not kidding honey they were sitting in there drinking whiskey there's some girl in the corner i was like what is going on like and they're. i was like what do you want me to sing you know it's an audition and they're like let's just you know hang out and jam we just finished a bottle of whiskey and we're a bent <laughs> <laughs> that's a
0: good line i like that <laughs> I should be on the liner notes uh,
1: for
4: sure. <laughs> right. at, put it to the song. A yeah. collision. <laughs> 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 what
1: a what a dynamic outfit. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, this? No, no, the band.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, your outfit's oh, sure. dynamic. Look at me. I'm yeah. so
2: sorry, y'all. Quarantine's got me thirsty. I'm like, somebody call them in my outfit. No,
0: it looks great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. those who can't see it, it's like be kind of purple, like and with some Brian, <laughs> I don't know. The purple was red.
1: black. Like I said it is black.
0: It looks purple. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, nice. it's. It oh, stop,
3: stop! Stop!
2: Stop! I know you're like
0: But I mean, okay. Well, what do you want to know about this song? I guess which we should move on into that to keep on pace for our oh, yeah, podcast, sure. you know instead of. Uh, Timeline well, the dynamic outfit
3: of Barracks in the song, I guess, is that yeah. what you're talking about,
2: yeah.
0: Um, because it is pretty unusual, you know, I think just to like kind of bring back grunge in, but you've like the soul grunge is what you're calling it, or at least that's what Freak Out Records called it on their website. It's like that was a thing that you didn't <laughs> call. I, I don't know if that's totally fair. I mean, I don't know if I would call it that. It's just like it's rock you, and roll, man. Yeah, well, I know when Larry and I. We're like, because we're just getting familiar with your work like maybe a month ago when we talked to Skyrim really Guy. And you're like
1: <laughs> Larry's like, holy listen shit. To you gotta adventure. listen
0: to you gotta listen to bear axe. <laughs> <This> it <shit laughs> is crazy.
1: <laughs> and awesome. he, and it, I would of, guess you're not the only person in the band with an appreciation for Kim Theo.
2: Not at all. We are ahead. all yeah. We all that I mean that's really it's like, we're all like this little family of people that are music nerds, like real nerds, you know? Not like cute nerds, bro. Like we don't do <laughs> relationships the same way as other people. We are that much committed to music. And like, but we all have different like wheelhouses for that. Like like Matt is such a, he's such a jazz, oriented like super off the wall crazy shit like he loves zappa and like really he really holds himself back okay <laughs> he's a strange just like me you know but he helped me be more strange and i always appreciate him for that and you know john he he's like hip-hop head and like um really really into like uh what is it called it's noise music and like he's like really is And like festival life like committed to it with his family and everything and like uh, ozzy you know he's just like all about the drums and he's like like me and matt you know he's classical about it. even though he didn't go to school like the same as us he's just like he he's his favorite musicians and icons are drummers that You know, so we all just came together over just like, kind of like this little random soup over grunge music. That was like one of the passions that we randomly shared and it brought us together in in this really cool way. And I I
0: love them.
1: (laughs) All right, well, let's play that one. For the Kill. For the Kill. For the Kill. Winning. (laughs) (laughs) My face is melted through the power of rock and roll, but I want to know, Shayna. So, you, are you are you not working with Barracks anymore? No, I still work with Barracks You are okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I thought you had played with them. Like, it's so good to see these guys again. I was like, oh, well,
2: okay. I mean, it's been hard. We've had some. We've had so many challenges trying to continue to work together through the quarantine. You know, uh, it's just been.
1: Yeah.
3: It's been
2: yeah. We're lucky though. We're so lucky that we've been able to. Continue to work, you know what I mean? So that uh, even with the streaming and building our own shows and stuff, so that we can, you know, but at the end of the day, like you have to stay safe. And there have been things that have happened that have made it challenging just
1: to yeah. work together all the time. The musicians we've talked to during Freakout February, Freakout Takeover, um, have all kind of danced around that point that for musicians in bands, the quarantine has been horrible because you have to collaborate. Now, yeah. you've had an opportunity to do some of your own work, though, kind of what like we said before, when I looked at the pictures behind you and said, you just got to make art. So you yeah. I, I sort of followed some of your social media, went back and sort of retro followed it during COVID. <laughs> you're not dancing around COVID. Like you've been very upfront that it sucked. And it's been really hard. But during this time, you have created, you've continued to create art and you've done a lot of it on your own. We're going to play a couple of these songs pretty soon, but how's the quarantine going for you?
3: (laughs) 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 Nice.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Ah, so far, so good, honey. I don't know, it's been hard, but I mean, it's been um, incredible incredibly fulfilling, I've gotten a lot of work done on myself that I've been avoiding. And um, I've learned so much. I've lost some people, but I've also gained um, some really, some really true, true, uh, strong relationships and friendships through this time. For the first time, like really being myself, honestly, has felt like I just, it's hard to not be grateful every day. Um, um, I hope it just stays, you know, I can stay that way, I guess, Mm stay in myself, you know. But this whole, all these songs, you know, that honestly, when I got into quarantine, it was the worst because I had my first big show, solo show, um, at Numos the day before quarantine hit. I was opening for uh, my friends, my good friends in High Pulp. Bear Ax, my Bear Ax brothers, they came on the bill with us to help support the show. So basically I did my solo music and then Bear Ax came in and then we rocked it down and it was like packed, I most, and it was like, it just felt like this such a, this perfect, a, a beautiful moment is happening right there. You know, like all my dreams coming true, literally in the moment, all my playing with my best friends, even my ex-boyfriend, that broke my heart, was standing in the audience because he wanted to be there to see to see it. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And then it was quarantine, and I moved out of my old place, and I got my own little shoebox apartment, and I hunkered down for you know everything. And it was really, really challenging. I to stay okay. I had to. I had some hard times. Some hard times. And then I got a gift of a lifetime. This is her right here. This is Betty.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And I, I this is my best friend right now, you know. She's people showing say that not... right
0: now the keyboard, which will play into the one of the next <laughs> one, but she just showed us our Right. So, <laughs> in your apartment, yeah.
1: And you yeah. so have you been did you create have you been creating the whole time or was there a period I, I mean I can't speak for Christian over here, but I definitely there is a period like a, I don't want to think about doing anything. Oh come on. Absolutely. Trying, trying to get to five yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Ooh. She's trying to get
3: to five man. <laughs> I got to
2: catch the five, bro. I love that. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was definitely like lulls, very, you know, hard lulls. For me, I'm like, I just, I'm just happiest when I'm making things. I've learned that. So I try to just stay making things. Um, I try to stay busy because it makes me happy. That's basically, it's just that simple.
1: (laughs) And what about performing? The other thing that musicians seem to miss the most is performing.
2: I have a weird relationship with that, I think, because I've been performing a lot, um, through the quarantine. I've actually done more shows this year than, um, last year I did. Oh, like, actually I have that written down right there. I did 120 shows, Shoot. 120 Whoa. live performance shows, but you know why I was doing that? I did, I started on my, um, on Facebook, just doing uh, Instagram live streams that were mm. just shitty shitty people were just loving me as a person at that point for watching that like I was just like hey guys I'm gonna get drunk and cover some songs bro <laughs> and I did it like every day for like I don't even know like three months it was such a, such an unhealthy time I'm telling you it was I would stand at my piano for 16 hours straight until my legs were like numb and then I would make myself walk and have a cigarette and I would come back in that's depression you know <laughs> That's where I was. And it was not, you know, so all this stuff, people see all the product of, of, you know, the lowest parts of my, my life. And I am an extrovert, obviously. <laughs> and so I, and I don't have a lot of friends I'm family, you know, I, A lot of my friends have been distanced because of COVID number one. Also, you know, we're artists and we connect with people so sensory in the moment that you know, when you're in artist communities, we're all struggling. You know what I mean. So I've often been like, have to be a support system for a lot of people in that way. And then I broke up with my 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 partner basically, and like lost all friends and families from that. So I was just like <clears> alone, throat> alone,
1: throat> like isolation. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's been rough. Uh,
1: <laughs> I do want to, so we are going to go, we're going to play two COVID-themed songs, but before we get to that, I do, I didn't want to forget because you did flash us the keyboard down there, like three years ago, two years ago, you didn't play the piano, right? Oh, well, come on. I mean, we all played the piano, right?
0: Not all of us, but. I did take piano lessons. Yes, it's true. It was was not terrible, but I was like, yeah.
2: I never had piano lessons. I just uh, was... I had a piano. My mom had a piano in her living room when I was a kid. You know, so I used to tinker around on that, and like then I never played it again. <laughs> and then I needed to. My my I was in a community of really amazing uh, keyboard players for a while, and I was just like super uh, inspired by watching them perform and learned a lot by watching them perform. I was like before quarantine, I was very out and about. I was floating. I was floating with like a butterfly and just was trying to support as many live shows as I could. Cause I love it more than anything. Is seeing a good live show. I love a good, a good solid, uh, like quartet show or trio, jazz trio on a Thursday night with a good bottle of wine. That is my favorite <laughs> thing in the whole world. A steak, honey. Oh my God. You can look like a toad. We're going, <laughs> oh. but uh, yeah. So I just, you know, it's new for me, the piano. I've been really dedicating myself to it because passed the time at first, and then I, you know, to, to be my best friend after a while there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely feel like I've gotten a lot better over this past year. I was like gigging before because I needed cash. Like, honestly, the gigging, you know, before I didn't feel ready to perform before quarantine hit at all. I felt like I um, needed to push myself. I used the metrics of Barracks, basically. I was like, you know, when i had the 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 pressure of having to bring a product to people in this band i was successful and i want to make myself learn this instrument so we're going to just mm-hmm. do it and i was upset every time everybody showed up to the shows and you know and now i feel really really confident that i can just be myself and and really and say what i'm trying to say even though my ideas are simple but they're
1: me. <laughs> you show off some pretty impressive chops in in my mind there, that little video that you made. Absolutely. So for someone yeah. who's been playing for Thank two you. years, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know.
2: Y'all don't know. know. These cats I'm talking about, though, these yeah. Seattle cats, they are the best of the best. They're the mm. best. And it's like this jam culture um, and this, this this scene here, there's like this underground scene here that is very jazz, uh, R&B, blues focused and centered they're all young guys it's like an age it's all guys usually i'm trying to change that up honey Mm -hmm. but uh uh, it's usually guys that are like 27 to like 45 and they're just like they are pouring all their miraculous creative energy into each other and it comes from the church culture that's why i found it in the first place of just like community like we're gonna make each other better by fellowshipping Mm -hmm. um and they're doing that musically so like when you are me and you have a little bit of background in theory and you are obsessed with analyzing music and you sit there every single opportunity and sit there and watch these guys. Like it's the it was like the most amazing thing in my life, honestly. I just loved enjoying that experience as a fan and I missed it and I wanted to like have it. So I just was like, I'll have to figure out how we can simulate that at home.
1: Yeah.
0: I am curious with like the virus the 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 addition we're gonna play is like the extended mix a bit. It sounds like so um it starts off then it cuts out and it's like the sounds of the city and there's like what I mean there's like what were you doing with like sort of like that in between time before the actual musicality or at least like more traditional musicality sort of like kicks back in
3: in the right. yeah
0: so because yeah. there's a pretty long like pause and it's really really interesting and but it's, yeah. I, was, I was curious what your motivations and what you wanted it
1: to be
2: i wanted it to be just uh something that didn't feel like music anymore that when the rhythm of can you feel it? It can't, it can't, like that comes in would feel like a heartbeat in in the body honestly Um, And I used clips just that I had of videos that I had memories on my phone of things. Like I, there was a clip of when Bear Axe performed at the show box. It was like the biggest show we ever did. And it was a huge moment. And there was uh, just me sitting in the bar with my friends and like making selfies. I just like took, just stripped the, the audio from those moments and layered them on top of each other. Andrew Jin helped me create that soundscape. And, you know, we were inspired by Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. and the clocks and the connection of uh, uh, time and heart and heart energy and just like really trying to get people to feel certain uh, certain things so you could really analyze where you're at in this quarantine right now by the time we get to the can you feel it? creeping in it. you're like how am I? oh can I feel it I want people to be like damn can I feel that
0: yeah. and try, You know
2: what I mean? That's all I really wanted people I would,
0: to feel. <laughs> yeah, you know, it had that effect on me as a listener, for sure. Should we go to the virus yeah. first, I think, and then we'll go in my mind. And in my mind's really cool, cool, too, to like go in this block, like just because you're just like shouting out from your apartment to all the other apartments and all the rest of the world. <laughs> so, I had to leave that apartment, by the way,
2: because I was so loud.
0: <laughs> I want. I you wanted know, like what your neighbors were thinking. <laughs> it's like I oh had to, god, they, they
2: were like, "Get this bitch out of here!" Oh my god. Oh <laughs> uh,
0: well, <laughs> we, like, we, we have footage at least here. Let's go to it, Larry. Shall we?
1: Yep, play away.
3: Heartless,
4: heated. My energy depleted, holding heavy, about to break the levee. Pressure building, I can't escape the feeling that escape ain't really free, and escapades
3: ain't really cheap. Hmm. Oh.
4: Bottles broken, how else do they get open? cautious strangers are suddenly the danger tortured glances maybe mispronounces, but what are the chances they'll survive oh what are the chances that they'll survive the
3: virus Can you feel it
4: creeping in? The virus felt beneath your skin. Can you feel it creeping in? The virus felt beneath your skin. Can you feel it creeping in? The virus felt beneath your skin. Can you feel it?
1: Before we move on to our last segment, we're gonna talk about some other stuff, but first I want to just get a sense, Shana, those songs, were they therapeutic? Yes. Like every
2: time I have written a song, I have been able to learn how to like, (laughs) honestly, how to heal Um, every time. I did the show at Nectar Lounge in Seattle. They started a streaming series there. It's been amazing. Did a couple of shows with them actually, but I did one with them with the this upcoming music that I'm releasing with Freak Out. And um, just doing all of the songs in a row that I had written. Like, I think I only did songs I had written during the quarantine, except for one love song that I wrote about a song that I was writing, I guess. <laughs> and it was so crazy doing them all in a row like that. and And being able to feel that performance energy without an audience there and then it was it was just really taught me a lot about how you know even though we're not performing in front of people and having that that important body contact like the energy exchange that happens when you're with performing for somebody in the room it, you know it's like i was just it was like that energy was like cyclical like going right back into myself and feeling that love for myself by being able to acknowledge my story in that way was like really impactful for me, and like was really helped me a lot. I don't. I remember what the question was. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> was that
3: right?
1: <laughs> you said something there that made me think that either I haven't done my research thoroughly enough, but is there a forthcoming full length album on Freak Out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which means maybe. <laughs> or hopefully
1: shoot huh? i thought you were going to make a big announcement <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh you got to stay some from we have to you know surprise is an important
1: emotion okay.
0: you know? so we <laughs> we are recording this in december so yes. maybe by the time it airs in february we'll we'll know more we can have maybe updates. we might know we might know more, we might know more. okay <laughs> fine
2: we'll, we'll know we will know that for sure I've been having so much fun working with the guys that freak out on the original music that I've been writing through the quarantine, just just doing this like very cinematic bedroom pop kind of thing, trying to let my imagination take me there. And these guys have really encouraged me to just let let it all out and not limit myself. i have really lucky to work with them because of the uh, connections and the resources and the vision that they have, that it's gonna sound, what we build together will sound exactly like what's in my brain. And that is a, a very important gift that I will be very grateful for.
1: And then, if you were to take this dreamy bedroom pop that you've recorded during quarantine and put on an album, would you arrange it the same or would you add more musicians? Would you make it bigger? It's big. It's big. It's big,
2: mm. It's it's very big. You know, I've always felt uh, I just have ADHD. You know, and like I get really excited about ideas and and new sounds, and um, I just like everybody to play together at the same time. You know, so I I live for uh, music that feels like a uh, like a puzzle being put together um, or deconstructed. Either way, I really live for that. So I like lots of like variety and sounds. I mean, I, I'm come from the classical world. I did sing opera for for quite a few years and um i honor that um and i think people will maybe understand what my mind looks like better when i'm not just on the piano alone Mm -hmm. yeah i'm
0: curious when you say cinematic bedroom bedroom pop There's also uh, so many categories out there. It's Trademark. Music. It's a
3: trademark name.
0: Uh, yeah, so <laughs> just what, like does what is it? Soul grunge, honey. <laughs> we There's, just making yeah. new shit up.
3: I, I, over know. Here.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you talk about Nina Simone and sort of like being a hero and like that could be part of the activism stuff we're talking can talk about with the Chop stuff, but I mean it can you name another band that you would say puts out cinematic Bedroom pop.
2: Um, Mitski makes Mitski makes cinematic bedroom pop to me. David Bowen makes cinematic bedroom pop oh, to man. me. For oh, me, man. who else? Uh, Kirk Franklin. If you don't know who that is, that's I a gospel know. arranger.
3: Yeah,
2: I love gospel arrangers like uh, Kirk Carr, Kirk Franklin, Donny McClurkin. Um, if these are the people that come from where I come from, will hear, will see themselves, and it's okay. like. And that's what I wanted to do with what I'm building um, right now, and um, in, in the process of putting out, uh, So I wanted to represent every facet of my of my um, origin story, as it were, and celebrate the lessons that I made that I learned through specific communities. And so,
0: no, it's, um, it's insane. It's so good. I, I'm just curious, like the the coupling of like words, like cinematic and bedroom and pop so who else makes cinematic red pop lady gaga used to okay you yeah. know she used to and when
2: i say that i know it's like oh my gosh maybe i'm just extra i probably am i just you know i'm learning as i go in this life <laughs> No, <it's laughs> but good. i i know who i love and i know why i like it i like music that makes you feel comfortable and and confident in what the in the journey
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and then will you know challenge you um, and I think that there have been a lot of really I- iconic artists um, that that are absorbed into the pop diaspora that do that. And I, Freddie Mercury, Gaga, David Bowie, I love Mitski, I got to tell you, uh, Band of Horses, uh, Pink Floyd. Um, you know, I want to bring all these, these chaotics. It's just a Coldplay, Radiohead. You know, they're telling entire stories of and uh, building worlds for us. And that's why we, you know continue to buy their records uh even after you know generations
3: yeah <laughs>
0: and, you no, know. it is who endures is really interesting and we were talking about that earlier with like the grunge era stuff but just like who made it and who didn't and like who who still sells records and there were so many bands that were so close but um we hope that all the freak out records people like completely turn the corner and do it all it's as difficult of course it's a very different landscape these days but i am super curious and larry you and i were talking about this like like the chop stuff like and like you know, chop being a resistance slash like a sort of protest sort of like encampment in seattle it was pretty serious it was it, it, well, it was very serious um yeah. and it was i you just be i have a couple of people i know who are up there who were there and saw it but we're not really like in the midst of it but it Maybe describe it. This is like post, of course, George Floyd and post, you know, sort of a lot of, like, um, just, like... Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor and people taking this... Yeah, Charlene Lyle. Why don't you lay it out for us? Like, what was that like leading up to it and also sort of your performance there?
2: Yeah, Chop was, I mean, I think I always am gonna... Chop was very important in my life, I think, because I've been very inspired by the movement there, and the, and I've been inspired as an artist by the uh, constant, what's the word, Changes, just, it's changing form, you know, and it's the priorities there, it's this really, uh, like this goldfish in a bowl of a social experiment, of watching people during the most chaotic time in American history, that live in this region and informed by this region, handle such a compelling and confusing question for them about their own privilege. And my whole life as a Black person, that kind of Black person I am, honestly, I've always been on the outskirts of white privilege. And it's always been this idea of walking and towing the line, going back and forth of like, we need you to deal with this job. So you're coming into this bubble right now, or we don't see you and being on the that ridge, as it were, while my brothers and sisters are often behind me or so far ahead of me that I don't even see who they are and like when when it comes to chop, you know, I was like having to tackle these huge, scary things, like as a black person when I was living by myself, I mean, I'm a traditional kind of a gal, okay, like I would like to have a like somebody in the house with me, like you know, and i was I was nervous about everything, you know, with, with the police and living by myself, I was scared, honestly, as soon as people kept getting killed multiple times a week and things were coming up. I was terrified to be a black lady by myself in this environment. And like, I was right there next to Chop, my apartment, you know, for on first till was just a couple blocks away. I, one of my g- girlfriends ran into my apartment one day, coated it in pepper spray. And we had to soak her eyes with milk. Um, another black girl who was basically there as another way we are there because we are trying to support the people that we have lost as a people but we are also there to ignore our blackness for a moment and stand in solidarity with a general community that thinks that these things as human rights and like when I performed at CHOP I was very vocal about my confusion and disdain for what I was gonna be a part of when I was there, because I didn't know. I'm like, am I standing for the right? Am I standing to be a, a pillar for white people to lean on when it comes to be, like being in this environment? Or am I standing there to pay homage to the people that I feel deeply connected to that we have lost? And I was there as a protester, and I was there as a performer, um, and performed the Black National Anthem and um, an original song that I, you know, shared with you guys called "Back the Bus" um, to thousands and thousands of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people. By yeah, we- far, the most people I've ever performed before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did, did you work that out the the conflict you were feeling in yourself by performing there? No. What was the I feeling like? What What was the feeling I like performing there then?
2: I was very nervous about it. At that point in the quarantine, I was just getting out of my um, my funk, as it were. I had a really dark battle um, and I was just getting out of it. And I was nervous and scared because I had been traumatized by the last protest experience I had. Mm. And um, I didn't really know how I felt going back there, number one, and then number two is I didn't want to be standing up there and saying, look at me, look at me right now, we're, we're celebrating in these streets. We are bringing the magic of music to uh, this, this very, you know, sacred spot to consecrate something that I don't even know. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I just wanted to be on the right side of history. So I was nervous about it when I got there. It was just people being people, you know, like there were people who felt exactly like me just trying yeah. to do the right thing. And that's really all that matters is people were there Trying to explore the right questions, and there were other people there that were trying to do whatever they were trying to do. I was there to bring to bring my legacy, my, my family, and the struggles of my grandparents and their memory uh with me into that space because that was I, I knew that that was supposed to be in that space, and I didn't know who else was going to bring it. You know, we got a couple. We had a couple. You know, potato salads—they were okay. You know, a lot of people brought
3: that too. <laughs>
0: yeah, like just. Like physically then sort of like logistically, what what was it like? Because there was there was like there were thousands of people who were up there, and where did yeah. you perform? And what did that what did that feel like? Um, and maybe they describe, set up the, describe it for us. Yeah.
2: Yes, uh, it was a it was an effort made by a band in town called King Young Blood, which is a he's a young cat child. He's a young cat, ambitious young cat, trying to do the right thing and trying to uh, create a message. Um, There've been a couple of bands uh, in town and artists in town that have taken up a mantle for Seattle music when it comes to this conversation. And um, this particular band did that by trying to just rock out, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was the vibe, you know, that was what they wanted to, that was their expression. You know what I mean? And mm. like. I, I was there because I wanted to bring, um, I wanted to support them. Number one, and number two is I wanted to be there in that space and to bring my message to that space, which is we are here to uh, remember those that we have lost in the Black community and remember the legacy and continue the work, continue the work to building the world that we that we believe in and. Um, it was crazy, though, the day that we performed that day, because I'd been there as a protester. I stood on, you know, 12th and Pike and right up against the police battlements many times at that point. I'd stood there for hours and um, chanted, megaphoned, And now I was there and it felt like a, uh, it felt like a uh, what's it called? The farmer's market, you know, just that people just milling about selling their wares, you know, you know, just being there and then there was right in the middle of it it's a festival now because there's music there and I i've had my own feelings about how music was introduced into that space and the magic that is in music how that's affected that space mm-hmm. uh however on that day those the music there was preempted with an amazing um program by people from by by the Duwamish people by indigenous people mm-hmm. it was there was prayer There was meditation there was conversation happening and it started and kicked off by by uh, the indigenous community. And it just continued to matriculate positively in that way throughout the whole day as long as like around the actual stage now you get around the stage honey you see there's DJs setting up over there. Let's dance. There's people laying out on the the little beach that's been made in the middle of the park. Like, let's just kick it because we've been in the house all day. And it was stressful and annoying to me that it was still an excuse for white people to sit in their privilege in that space, um, more more so than people that were there to to um, to honor, to honor the fight that was happening around the country. And it was amazing to do the song. With, I did lift every voice and sing. I've been learning doing singing that song with my grandmother since I was a little girl. And it was uh, probably one of the most um fulfilling experiences of my musical life. I don't think I anything can top that child. I mean I'm come on, singing for twenty thousand people, lift every voice and sing. What an honor. That was an That's, honor to do that. Yeah. So
0: Well, I mean, only in the interest of time, there's like so much more we could talk about with that, but I mean- (laughs) I'm a talker,
2: (laughs) Joe. No,
0: this is what we're here to do. And there's a lot of great points. Oh my gosh. Just like, yeah, the idea of becoming like entertainment, you know, (laughs) you get into like the kind of protesting as both entertainment on the news and entertainment for, like you said- Yeah. White people, you know, sort of like me, you know, being sitting in the audience, I was not there, but that is another- Discussion, I guess, for our next, our but next time you come on the podcast, but
2: I feel you. you. I want to be clear though. I love white people. Okay. Well,
0: you know, <laughs> and it's not know. even.
3: <laughs> I said, Whoo.
2: Larry Sweat yeah. I mean, it's not about black and white for me. Honestly, yeah. it's no. about intention, it, and I don't even think about. We are all just brothers and sisters on this world, trying to make our way, trying to build something that. Can maintain and sustain for the next generation, and just try to survive all the bullshit. And like you know, black, white, or whatever—I mm-hmm. don't care. As long as you are ab- about being fair and being honest, and and being able to let everybody express themselves healthily, so we can have healthy communities around the world. You know, I don't care. There's a yeah, people on both sides. Not about that life, but whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're going to go into um, Back of the Bus now to wrap things up here. Before we do, though, uh, it's time to thank Shana for being here. Oh, my god. Before yes. we do that, I want to oh give god. you a chance to promote whatever you need to promote, website, yes. uh, places to buy your stuff.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I know everybody who's, like, okay, I don't know anything, actually. So let me try that whole <laughs> idea again. I know nothing about you people listening to this show or watching this. But I would like to be your friend. So please follow me on Instagram at <laughs> Shannon Shepard Music. I um you know this journey that I'm on right now. I we're in quarantine, COVID life. I for me, working is trying to commit myself to connecting with people every day. That's working right now. Um, making content, sharing it, whatever feels right in the moment. I make content all day long, and um, I just try to see what else people want. So. Uh, follow me on social media, on Facebook at Shana Shepard Music or on uh, Instagram, Shana Shepherd Music. I do have a, a, a really awesome project coming up that you will see. Uh, additionally, I'm going to come out with my vinyl of some vinyl of the releases that I've made in 2020. I did The Virus, uh, released that um, in the summer and then released Harambe in December. And I'm just consecrating this year without... I'm not releasing any more heart songs this year, okay? You don't get no more from me, 2020, 2021 is gonna have all that. But I'm consecrating the, 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 uh, the, the joy that I've had and the, in, in finding some new skills and finding my voice this year by releasing uh, those, those uh, singles on vinyl, distributed in help uh, in part by Freakout Records.
1: Now we can thank you for being on the show. So, yes. i to, to thank you for talking. Yes. So
2: thank great. you for having me. Oh my God, it's so wanted to talk to somebody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
0: is. Yeah, it's so nice to connect with you. I'm coming off like, crazy, Chad. <laughs> oh no, this is good. Um, and Tree Fort, you'll be at yeah. Tree Fort. We're going to bring you here.
2: I can't wait. <laughs> no. It's a dream. I mean, it's like, I really was, okay, I didn't want to say it, but I was disappointed I didn't get to go last year but I have been wanting to, huh? Who's the that? that?
3: <laughs> no, I There's applied. We <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is, well, Bear Axe and I applied last year. And um, I just I just love what you guys do. I've been watching from afar, you know, Tree Fort. Of course, it's like a goal for any Pacific Northwest musician to be able to experience that. And um, just thank you so much for keeping keeping things going, story Fort. Uh, in the interim, so I'd love to I can't wait to come as a just in the audience or on stage whatever. Let's have a good time.. Have have yeah. a
0: <laughs> no, we'd love to have you here with barracks and or solo or both. Um, yeah. and then also in discussion about a number of these like social justice issues too. We, we do a lot of that kind of stuff with Storyport. um but we'll get into that later. Gosh, but thank you. Anything you want us to know about back of the bus? Back of the Bus, um,
2: I wrote it inspired by Nina Simone's Mississippi Goddamn," um, her song. Um, and I wanted to write a song for a musical that hadn't been written yet, just mm. like she said. Um,
0: and uh, yeah, I hope you guys like it. It makes you I think, I guess. It's <laughs> a really great, it's an amazing song as are all of these.
4: means me that <laughs> Substance of dread. I once read of a dream that a reverend had, for he was shot in the head. But who knows? The books that I borrowed from Dewey had pages ripped out in the back. spoken off, but it's often quite hard to hear from the back of the bus. my request You're standing strong right on my It's often quite hard to hear, it's often quite hard
0: There you have it. Our conversation with Shana Shepard. Larry and I really enjoyed getting to know her and just uh, having a lot of fun listening to her, her music and just getting into all this art she's been making during the pandemic and the social unrest and uh, the the strange place we've been in the last year plus. But uh, anyway, Freak Out February has been a real blessing, I'll say, in the midst of all this, and we really enjoyed it. Uh, we do want to thank fort Music Fest at treefortmusicfest.com, where you can find out about all things Treefort. We want to thank Ease Drop Studios for hosting us. Um, and Ease Dash Drop, that's ease dash is where you can find out more about what they do. And yeah, want to thank Up Is The Down Is The for our awesome theme music. And go check out more Freakout Records stuff at freakoutrec.com. Anyway, Christian Win, Levy Rosen, saying. One day soon in September we shall see you at the fest and thanks for listening take care tomorrow,
3: but tomorrow never came.